Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio, Chicago edition. I'm here at Addington Gallery in Chicago with Dan Addington, who is the owner of the gallery and a working artist himself. So welcome, Dan. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing good. Great. We, you just um, are in the process of hanging my exhibit here. That's right. Which oh, the show opens tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. So by the time you're hearing this podcast, that will be over. But we hope anybody listening that lives in the Chicago area can stop by and see it. Oh, right. Because the show's going to be up for two months. So. Uh-huh. And when is the yeah. end date of the show? Well, you know, I should have my notes in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime late in August. <laughs> I would say well, the, if you get here before the very last day of August, you're safe. All right. Um, and then uh, the first Friday of September will be the next uh, opening. So. Okay. So good long mm-hmm. time. Yep. And uh, lots of traffic in and out over the summer. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. That's It's a good time to be showing. I'm very excited right. about it. And this is the work I've mentioned in previous podcasts that I did right after I got back from Greece. Right. So nine paintings. So um, so I wanted to talk to Dan about, um, about all, several things. Like as I mentioned, he is um, a working artist and, um, and has evolved into owning this gallery. So, Dan, why don't you tell us a little bit about that story, that journey that you've been on? Okay. Well, yeah, um, I've, uh, I got out of grad school um, uh, back, well, you know, there, uh, there were no um, recording devices or there was no technology back then. This was <laughs> long before, uh, you know, it's a long time ago. But uh, we, we moved up to, uh, to um, Chicago from Bloomington Normal, where I went. I got my MFA at uh, Illinois State University. Mm-hmm. And that and, was in uh, painting? That was in painting, painting. that's right. And when I say we, I mean some of the other uh, refugees from from Bloomington Normal. We just... uh, You came up as a group. (laughs) It seemed like the obvious move, you know. We were three hours away from Chicago. We had been visiting Chicago all the time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that we even really talked much about the future. You know, you don't... You don't. No. But but it was always this kind of magnet drawing us there. And and so I think by the time we had spent a couple years in grad school, so close to Chicago, Mm -hmm. um, and running up here all the time, that uh, there was almost a sense of uh, familiarity that, Mm -hmm. that made it seem... You know, like a doable thing. And so when we got up to Chicago, uh, we just, uh, you know, I'm thinking about my uh, roommates at the time. Uh, we just started bringing our work around to galleries. And, mm-hmm. It was a th- really you know. a good art scene, too, at yeah. the time, right? Yeah. Right. Um, it was, it's always been an unusual art scene mm-hmm. in Chicago. I don't know what I'm comparing it to when I say unusual. There, there always seems like there's a lot of opportunity. At the same time, there had been a fire recently, you know, recently to then, um, that had burned down a whole city block yeah. full of galleries. And that was in the late 80s. Yeah, late 80s. And we came up here to Chicago and started showing our work and, um, there were a lot of, uh, um, there were, it, it just seemed like there was a lot of opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. and yet there was all, you know, counterpointing that was this sense of like, we're outsiders, 
you know, uh-huh. moving into the city. Everybody here knows everyone, and we're yeah. Like and there's such a big art uh, school here, the school, the right. art institute. Right. So there were all those people that had been oh yeah, fully ingrained. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're feeding them MFA, you know, graduates like uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you know, like a wood chipper. Like we're never going to have like a so yeah. There was that, but you know, we're young and and uh, it seemed like there was uh, plenty to go around. And mm-hmm, so we, sure. um, getting involved in galleries is always the question that I get from artists. You know, yes. how do you do it? And I, obviously I didn't come here with any well thought out plan at all. <laughs> Fact, um, my first commercial, one, one thing I knew is that we, it's, it's good to just, I used to say, and I don't really 100% believe this now, but I used to say, if there's a blank wall you uh-huh. know, somewhere, get your work up on it. Uh-huh. And I mean, I, the general sense of that, I think, is still still holds true for a young artist. You mean like uh, restaurants and other Just, spaces, yeah, anywhere? Yeah. 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 And if nothing else, it, it gives you the experience. I mean, I'm talking if you're a really young, emerging artist, you yes. know, it gives you the experience of dealing with other people. Uh-huh. And your artwork at the same time. Yes. That's a thing. It is a and, thing. <laughs> and and then the logistics of hanging a show. It's good to know that from the inside out. Uh, I think that we were under the illusion. Some of the um, some of my friends, you know, were kind of under that illusion that you just, you know, you once you get into a gallery, it's just you drop off the work and That's walk it, away, yeah. <laughs> and then they take it from there. But it's really good to know about everything. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so. Uh, there, I don't think the the real pop up phenomenon thing had happened yet, but there were a lot of opportunities to apply for exhibitions in nonprofit spaces. Uh huh. There still are. Still are, and it, it is a good way to start out, don't you think? To to show in art centers and juried shows and that sort of thing. Totally. And get all that experience. Yeah. Um, and then at some point, say, um, I guess I'm ready for this next step. Yeah. Yeah. And that next step, you, I think you can talk yourself out of a lot. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I don't think I ever, you know, like my intention was always in the future, I will start applying to galleries. It was never today I'm going to uh-huh. start applying to galleries. <laughs> and I actually walked into a gallery um, because I felt like I might have the ear of an employee there uh-huh. who had been a juror in a show uh-huh. that I had gotten into. So and that had, there was a connection. Right, and he would yeah. given me an award. And so I thought, well, he's got a, you know, he'll at least maybe remember my name or something. Yes. But I wasn't thinking about, and he'll like my work, I was thinking about maybe then he'll be able to tell me where I could get a job. Because <laughs> I, I worked in galleries in, uh, in school, and all the schools I went to. And so I thought I'd love to keep doing that, uh-huh. hanging shows and doing little curatorial things and stuff. I didn't know exactly what all that would really be. Uh-huh. But I had a better sense after grad school because I had worked at the university galleries. There. Mm-hmm. And so I asked him that, and he's like, well, no, we don't have any jobs here. But don't I remember, didn't, weren't you in a show and I juried it or something? <laughs> So you like, didn't think to mention no, that too? No, no, no. Um, I mean, I skipped over that part. You know, I was like, I told him that. You know, I, I, I asked him if he remembered me, but I didn't ask if he remembered my work. Oh. I was still kind of like, you know, 
not really feeling like I was ready to do that yet. I and I think that maybe that's, if I extrapolate to just conversations I have with artists, we're never really often feel like we're ready. Uh -huh. You know, like there's always, even people that have been showing in galleries for long periods of time yes. will sometimes go, yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of working on a new series. And so, and you know, we, and we always think our new or our new work or the one we're planning to do is yeah. going to be the most fabulous. That's the genius stuff. But the so stuff so your older work, well, I don't know, maybe you want to see it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And all the time I talk to artists, professionals that have been exhibiting forever and they're like, well, you know, I have these pieces, but they're kind of old. Yes. <laughs> like there's an expiration date stamped on them or something. And like they're starting to smell a little funky, you know, and but, but that's as not a, it at all. But as a gallery owner, you know, what would you want when somebody came in? You wouldn't want them to only have work that was 10 years old, would you? No, no. No, I don't want people haunt because I want to, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of in the process of, of evaluating all the time. And so... Yes. And so if somebody brings in just old work, then you go, uh-oh, you know, they're they're not making current art. And so uh -huh. you can't really uh, you can't really think about um, putting bringing them into the gallery because you don't know if maybe, you know, a year down the road, they still aren't making art. Or exactly. So you want to know they're uh, <laughs> involved, they're current, they're right. productive. Um, but if somebody showed you uh, a continual a continuing theme or series that went back a few years would you be interested in the work that was say four or five years old if it was um similar to what they're showing oh yeah, absolutely yeah you know and in fact many times and that's where this con these kinds of conversations have come from with me going man i really liked i also liked the work you were doing and in uh 2015. Oh, and, then, and they'll say, oh, but that's, that's old. old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's old. Where is it now? Well, it's I've got it in the studio. So it's not in anybody's collection, and it's not oh. in other galleries being seen, and it there doesn't look like there's anything wrong with it. And what happens is the artist starts to believe that it's less valid because so interesting. they have moved on. Yes. You know? And... I'm, I'm totally relating to this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh... As far as I'm concerned, when somebody lays eyes on it for the first time, it's a new painting. Mm -hmm. It's a new painting to them, uh -huh. you know, to the viewer. That viewer has never experienced that painting before. And, right. so, uh, and so it's fresh and it's new. And we're just always looking at it from our perspective. Honestly, if we really believed that the work that we were... Um, uh, that we made four years ago isn't valid anymore. We'd never want to sell anything. That's true. Yeah. Because then it's uh, it's worse. Now it's hanging in someone's <laughs> wall, and it and it just suddenly turned into a piece of crap. You know, <laughs> it's like oh no, you know, it's self destructing. <laughs> and so yeah, it's a yeah. very interesting perspective, and and you would never want, <clears throat> like you said, you want to feel good about everything mm -hmm. that you've sold and mm -hmm. that is out there. Yeah. And so. Um, Beyond just, well, it was part of the journey to get where I am today yeah. when everything is great. You know? yeah. I mean, it's funny. There's a million ways to look at it because I also know artists who think that everything they make is genius oh, all the well, time, all the true. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's rough to deal with, too. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you know, I I, I'm sure if I looked at work that I sold a decade ago, I, of course, like anybody, would look at it and go, well, you know, uh, there's something in there 
but uh, uh-huh. I would change this and I would change that. And but you know, well, you and have I to think te- uh, technique wise, we get better. We right. we learn a better mastery of whatever it is we're working in. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you can look at a surface that you created a number of years ago, and you say, "Well, I didn't know then what I know now about how to make it." Yeah richer or deeper or something you yeah. know and um yeah that's very interesting yeah. Yeah. so tell us a little bit about your own work you work in uh, encaustic hot wax right. mainly right? right right and you work on books old books mm-hmm. which is very interesting mm-hmm. so yeah just give us a little rundown of uh what you do sure well i've been working with hot wax encaustic for gosh um you know it was i was I had started doing it right about when I moved up to Chicago, and so that would have been 1990, uh-huh. 91 or and something. And that was kind of around the time when it was, uh, and caustic was really hitting everybody, right? Or was, well, it, was it a little after? I don't think so. I mean, you don't. Uh, honestly, it was, I, I, I believe that there were a few kind of, um, components to this kind of awakening of, of oh, okay. and uh and one is just the internet yes. so the oh, internet was around but it wasn't really it was not what it was yet. then yeah <clears throat> and i think that around the mid 90s is when you know i mean because people were still dialing up and stuff in the mid 90s <laughs> you know and it was and it was um nobody had there were very few artists had websites. Right. Few galleries had websites. Right. And um, and I remember I remember putting together my own website for the first time, and I guess maybe it was ninety five or something, mm-hmm. and or ninety six. And uh, same with the gallery that I was working at at the time, which was Gwenda J. Gallery. Yeah. Um, so what what were the other? You said the internet and yeah, um, the internet allowed. Just probably like in every industry, it allowed the the person in Portland who's doing encaustic to find out that there was a guy in San Francisco doing encaustic yes. and find out that there was a woman in Boston doing yes. encaustic and they all started to communicate. Um, my first sense that there was a, not really a network, but there was kind of a kind loose... Kind of a community. Affiliation yes. happening was meeting Joanne Matera. I was going to say, her book was absolutely crucial to all absolutely. of this. Yeah. And she'd come to the gallery when she visited Chicago. She'd come to the gallery and say hi and talk about that. And I remember her contacting me about that book and saying, you know, I, I've been looking, I've been scouring the internet. It's been hard to find, but I've located other artists around the country that are also doing encaustic. I mean, it was. It sounds like you'd have to interview her, but it sounds like that was a big discovery time for her it's, too. It's very similar to when Jerry and I wrote our book on cold wax oh, because really? we knew our. I'd been teaching for quite a while, and um, I had I knew of people that I had taught that were working with yeah. it, um, but it was it was hard to dig people up, and uh-huh. and now that the book is out, there's. You know, we're discovering more and more people, but um, it was kind of that same thing where there's you get a sense of this growing interest, this growing community of people that want to know about each other. Right. So how do we do it? Well, of course, we didn't write the book till a few years ago, so we definitely had Internet. Uh, I I imagine Joanne's task was that much harder Uh yeah, because she didn't have quite the access to people that we did. And then that book not only served as as a 
kind of a definitive source of information for a lot of people that had that were just learning about it. Yeah. But I think it served almost as a beacon, you know, yes. for people to Isn't hone in on and say, yeah. that, you know, there's a solid group of artists and uh, doing this and I'm going to find out more about it or I'm one of them and I'm yes. going to get in touch with them or – and, you know. and by the way, for our listeners, we'll put a link to this book in case yeah. you haven't heard of it. What, I'm not sure of the title, but it is her huge book on encaustic. And mm-hmm. she's also written recently her memoir. So yes. I think that would be interesting to read to as well. Yeah. yeah. And we should mention that she's also in the exhibition. She is. And this is the first time I've seen her work in person. Oh, wow. Um, and it's hanging in the... The, the entryway part of the gallery, there's a very nice show out there uh, before you come back to the inner gallery where my right. work is. Um, yeah, and I've met Joanne at the conference last year, okay. so yeah. Um, and there's an interesting, I would say, um, uh, intersection in interest in wax that's a crossover with hot wax mm-hmm. and cold wax. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've had many students who come from doing encaustic and many um, cold, I think, cold wax artists, painters who want to explore encaustic as well. So, yeah. or and there's also some yeah. intersection where you can use the same, you can use it on the same painting. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's a big, it's a big world now, yeah. but it yeah. wasn't back no, then, I right. guess. <laughs> right. And I remember the, some of the experiments that I made just previous to starting to exhibit the work professionally were, were hilarious. Oh, yeah? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, because I didn't I, – I was still down in Bloomington. Um, I wanted to try my hand at this. I found some ancient recipes uh-huh. on encaustic that were in, like, the artist's handbook that was printed, like, uh-huh. yeah. 1920s or I don't know. What, you know, I'd have to go back. <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. And uh, and so I thought, well, okay, so step one, you got to get your hands on some wax. And there's no internet, remember? Yeah. And so uh, I I uh, found out that there was a beekeeper down in central Illinois. <laughs> and so I just drove to his farm. <laughs> I didn't have his phone. How elemental. <laughs> yeah. And got, uh, and he, you know, we had a nice conversation. I had some tea with him and stuff, iced tea. And then he rolled a wheelbarrow out full of chunks of of wax and he's like i don't have anything to do with it you know you're take as much as you want and it was brown oh, yeah, and full of chunky and bee parts and whatever yeah <laughs> yeah okay so uh and and so he brought all this wax out to me and i loaded it in the car and you know and was off to the races so it was uh it was a beginning step but there were so many different um you know kind of uh, learning experiences leading up to the point where I started to figure out that this wax, what its appeal was to me, um, was its elemental quality, mm-hmm. and that you know it had it it had this sense of fleshiness and uh, translucency. I was doing figurative work. I felt it like there were some that, great yeah. corollaries there. Um, I, everybody I knew who was experimenting with encaustic, at least in that you know in that area, and that wasn't many. Um, they were doing abstraction, and so I felt like you know mm-hmm. I was yeah. attempting something a little different. Um, and uh, I, there's there's so much. Um, I think it's always good to understand how much artists go through when they're starting out, when they don't have a lot of information. And mm-hmm. we, it's kind of different now. People mm-hmm. have a lot of oh, yeah, opportunity for workshops yeah. and everything. <laughs> but those kind of struggles that took place 
before you could even make this leap into yeah. selling your work in the gallery. I mean, those are those are important. Um, I think to provide a sense of perspective for um, anyone who's thinking about the gallery world now, mm -hmm. because um, it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, right. and I guess before we, you know, we we end the interview, I'd like to know more about about the gallery and and about I think what. What do you bring to this um, thing that you do with the gallery as an artist? I mean, it must affect your perspective on um, the whole the whole business. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wonder if it does. I, it must, right? But I sometimes think that when I when I have two hats on, oh, I I, I'm almost like, or when I'm trading hats, I, I often will say, Dan, you need to practice what you preach more often because I'm always talking to artists about how maybe they should approach galleries and and what they can do at the beginning of their careers to push themselves along but then I take off that hat and I'll put on the artist hat and go now what am I going to do about you know my getting a show this right. year and stuff and so but uh you know it's a lot e it's a lot easier to promote other artists than it is for it's, me to promote myself. Right. And that's what our all artists now are struggling with, is yes. that um, this DIY world that we're living yes. in means that you have to take on this job that wasn't really a job before the internet. It couldn't yeah. be. Yes. You know. So what, um, when you were here in the gallery, um, what would you say, <laughs> I mean, I know people are approaching you all the time. Mm -hmm. What, how, what's the most effective way that, you think artists can approach a gallery? Is it just sending email? Is it sending websites? Is it getting a recommendation yeah. from another artist? Well, I, I do think they have to know when the right time is. And it's funny, this is exactly how we started the interview off, right? Uh -huh. Feeling like there's never a right time. Uh, I see, yeah. But the right time is when you have been exhibiting enough in nonprofit venues mm -hmm. that you feel there's a consistency in the work and that you have been able to gauge how it's being accepted and how people are responding to it, including curators. So I think that sometimes people get the cart before the horse and they start approaching commercial galleries mm -hmm. when they don't really have a show record except maybe juried exhibitions. And and what you said about, I mean, the knowing how other people respond to the work is really important. And, and it's, it's difficult uh, if you're relying on social media for that, because yeah. we all know on social media that um, many you'll get lots of likes and you'll get lots of pats on the back for just about anything. Right. Your that friends you, and yeah, your friends and, are, don't want to be rude, or, <laughs> or they're like. sincere, you know. But they're not. <laughs> yeah. They're not the discriminating people that are wondering whether they want to buy something. Right. Right. So. Um, so you do have to test the waters mm -hmm. and see what is the. What do people, other people that you don't even know think about your work? That's huge, right? And that's right? why applying to um, university uh, galleries and college galleries, they uh -huh. all have a curator there, or they have somebody on the staff of the university yeah. who's curating. And they're all looking for opportunity. They're, they're looking for artists. Yes. And, uh, and so it's ripe. For, yes. for artists to to approach those kind of venues. And then when you get a show up and you're standing in the middle of a gallery, say at a university or college, and you're looking at your whole exhibition and you're seeing how they hung it because they have a staff yeah. that installs, yes. you know, um, it teaches you so much about right. your own work. Yes. Uh, you, it's kind of like tying a bow on that 
that body of work and you can say this works or this doesn't. Right. And, and I always lot. recommend when you do have a show, try to spend some time alone with the work, hmm. maybe before the opening or whatever, and just make some notes and really because you're seeing it for the first time properly hung, properly lit, quiet. Um, yeah. And it's a good, like you say, you learn a lot about what's going on. Something happens. You do not get that experience in the studio. No. It is different. It's it is very so different. It is so different. Right? And uh, so there's something that's almost like, intangible that really takes place when a good curator, you know, uh, puts a show together and yes. figures out what's going to hang next to what and takes that out of your hands and you relinquish control of that for a little bit. And yes. I think that's, that's a meaningful thing then to a than to enter back into that space and see your work like that. And then a university situation, they're also going to ask you to talk about yeah, your work. Yeah, and that's and good. So you've got to be articulate about the stuff, and you're going to maybe do a couple of speeches that and seem that's, goofy. And I think that's another step in being ready, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah to, absolutely. to be able to talk about your work, because if you... Uh, are interested in artists you want to be able to know that they have something to say about it mm -hmm. um, and we've done a number of podcasts about talking about your work and things like that it is it's something some people resist but you know mm -hmm. it's important so so getting back to the question about the format of, oh right right okay. you know is it is it effective at all to send emails and websites or do you need something more it totally is effective. Okay. Um, and you know, look, I'm speaking from the perspective of one human being. And the dude that's running a gallery down the street from me, he's going to have probably yeah. a whole different kind exactly. of Exactly. It's stuff. all sort of personal, anecdotal stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I do feel like I talk enough to other gallery owners that I get a sense of, of what puts them off and what and attracts what, them. So my understanding is what would put somebody off, and we're going to have to make this fairly brief, <laughs> is somebody just coming in off the street. Totally. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's the worst. Okay. Although, you know, you can. <laughs> there will always be people who say it worked for them. But, yeah, you know. right, right. No, there are exceptions to everything. But I will say that um, some of the – I'm looking – we're sitting in the back room of – my yeah, gallery right. right now looking Stacked around at with painters. painters yeah. yeah, yeah. And I look around and I think about my first conversations with a lot of them. And I still remember the stories. And I remember how many of them came to the gallery and showed as much interest in the gallery and what yes. I was doing as they expected me to want yes. to show to them. So that's another uh, thing to do is show up, show up at openings, etc. Yes. It's harder when you don't live in a place and yes. you, you target a market that's not somewhere you can go every Friday night or whatever. Right. But um, being on a mailing list or something, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then um, when you look at an actual email, if they have images embedded in the email, mm -hmm. is, is that more, is that tend to I, be more attractive? I usually like maybe one or two images in the email uh -huh. uh, at most. And, and I don't really recommend that people email a whole portfolio. Because okay, and not people, their website? Some or? people are still, you know, like some people look at um, web-based, uh, um, well, I guess what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is that you should, everybody, it's, okay, it, seem, <laughs> it seems like 30%, easily 30% of the artists I talk to, when I say, hey, let's take a look at your website, they go, no, 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 no. It's not up why. to date. That's right, exactly. <laughs> And it's become a cliche now, right? Yes. We hear this so often. So, so Instagram is I better? I hear it all the time. Well, no. The idea is update your freaking website. 
Honestly, if you yes. don't, because people are going to go there anyway. That's true. So what are you going to do? You know, you cannot warn everybody off unless you put a banner at the top of your website saying, don't look at this because this is not valid. And you're exactly. not doing that. So get that website up to date. If your cousin did it and now they've moved to Indiana and you don't know how to get a hold of them, you've got to get into another situation. Yes. There's no excuse anymore. It's so easy now uh-huh. and so affordable and so simple. So I say have the website up to date. Also, it's good to have that Instagram stream and to kind of curate that Instagram yes. so it isn't just your cats, but there's a, that there's really pictures of pieces that you're doing but it's a little bit of human interest too okay so you get that see we think of of social media as being this immediate thing we're getting it's thursday i'm posting boom and you get it out there but other people can go to that instagram and yes and you see that people liking work that you put up you know old work (laughs) absolutely right so i do look at that too to get the the super up to date yeah and so you can you can do it in a way where your instagram thing is uh your feed is um complementing your website yeah but But i don't think you i think at this day and age you there's really no excuse to not being able to just put a couple of links in that email okay so like one or two images and a couple of links so Instagram is a huge topic for artists, yeah. and and we I think we need to do something on the podcast that addresses that directly. Um, but it's interesting to hear you say that the website is still important because yeah. sometimes people don't people are starting to dismiss the idea that it is. Um, so I guess to wrap up, if you could, I don't know, give us like your your top tips for approaching a gallery and maybe a few of the do not do's. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, uh, I think words are important. And so that's why I mentioned the website because you can go there, you can see a resume, you can see an artist statement. And those are things that don't lend themselves to, uh, to uh, Instagram or uh, right. social media. Okay. So be, things, be right? articulate about your work, have mm-hmm. something written that um, speaks clearly about the work i don't mind a long you know a longish email a couple of paragraphs in the email where you talk a little bit about the work i have the power to stop reading at any time so (laughs) that's not going to hurt me um but i don't need to have uh, a bunch of images emailed to me i think one to kind of represent one or two to represent good you you and what you are to entice me to click so when so when you approach a gallery you want to be articulate about your work have an image and have some good links to Instagram right. and website. Right. Okay. And then follow up a lot. A lot. You know? Yeah, okay. I think so. I mean, uh, you, we worry a lot about being a nuisance, but yes. the fact is that uh, there's a lot of noise out there. And, so, and so, so if you did that. not respond to that email mm-hmm. within a, a week or so, and you got another email saying, hey, I sent you some stuff, that would be all right with you. Well, I mean, you know, be polite. And, yes. and recognize, <laughs> yes. recognize that that is <laughs> not the, what's wrong yeah, with you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think also uh, just assume that you kind of have to nudge somebody two or three times. And so, and so, hey, I uh, I sent a link a while back, but I just want to uh, keep you up to date on some new things. Yeah, that are going and that's on. a good strategy, isn't it? To say I want to update you, and then hopefully you and have over things to and over time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and um, and, then, and then if you keep a, a, a uh, mailing list, which you should. Yes. Uh, and you send out updates to that mailing list. Just keep the galleries, all the galleries that you really feel like you have a hunch 
that they show oh, work that I like. Yeah. You know, this my stuff kind of connects. Put here. them on your just mailing list. Put them list. on the mailing list. And then you don't even have to be. I'll sometimes just get an email about a show. That's and good. That's yeah. actually almost more meaningful to me because I see that they're already doing something professionally. Oh, yeah. And, that's a uh, really good tip because yeah. I think a lot of people think their mailing list is more personal. But Oh, no. No. Okay. Yeah. I um, mean, it is. But then what's what's 10 more gallery? What's 10 more names on that right? list no, of like great 10 idea. top galleries in the United States? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, an artist needs to be in a number of galleries in order for galleries to make to do anything for them right right? and while one is not selling another one is and they go through phases and uh you know like that where some are active and some are less active and so um it's good to be thinking about the smaller art centers of the united states Uh you know if it's a big city and it's got a few galleries in it you ought to be looking at especially if you visit that city from time to time Yes, and there are unexpectedly wonderful art cities. You and I were talking about Des Moines, Iowa, for example. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So those are those are good tips. Um, be be somewhat persistent with the mm-hmm. gallery if you're truly interested. Show up if you can. Um, chat with the owner, whatever. Yeah, persistent but personable. Personable, nice yes. Be nice. Um, and um, it sounds like the do nots would be uh, being impatient, implying um, one's own greatness at every opportunity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, being somewhat humble, I suppose, yeah. as far I mean, as. Kind of like the rest of the world. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. It's like dealing with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that is all really great information. And, and I'm sure our listeners will be very grateful to hear that. So um, thank you very much for being on The Messy Studio. Yeah, yeah. My pleasure. It was fun. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that about wraps up this episode of The Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody.